Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another episode of Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, and the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself with better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, education, and affirmation. This week, we bring you a finale to our series on physician burnout. This has been a this has been a very telling and interesting look at the, the other side of our profession. And what when at first I have to, you know, obviously thank Dr. Nicole for kind of starting these things off and kind of helping us educate us on what physician burnout actually is just in the first place and really kind of spearheading uh, the uh, the movement where we went back and say, you know what, let's let's look at what medical students go through. Let's look at what residents go through. And finally, of course, let's look at what some of the attending physicians who finish and, um, you know, kind of look back and say, all right, this is what physician burnout is to them, right? And it's very interesting to hear the level and really the definition of how people describe it at these different levels, depending on where they're at. So definitely want to, you know, say thank you to all who have been listening thus far uh, for uh, the podcast and for listening for this amazing series. Again, uh, please, if you've not had a chance, check out, um, you know, our prior episodes, kind of starting with Dr. Nicole, uh, where we really kind of hit home you know, what physician burnout was and just kind of really started from there. So if you want to get from a number standpoint, it is episode 124, right? So with number 124 with Dr. Nicole and then just kind of moving on in uh, to this finale episode with one person who I can't wait for you guys to hear. This is actually Dr. Aaron Boyd, who is an emergency medicine physician. She currently works at a trauma center. Most importantly, she is a former classmate of mine at uh, Nova Southeastern University. And, you know, she has really taken a mantle, especially when it comes to social media and just her story on physician burnout, because that was uh, something that she really wanted to drive home. And we'll talk about this uh, today on a podcast about her personal experience uh, with burnout and, you know, how she's able to deal with it and how she's really used social media uh, to kind of, you know, kind of get her out of the rut that you know the burnout usually puts a lot of our physicians and our residents and even now our medical students in so i can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode is another great one like always if you have not had a chance go ahead and subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review let us know just how much of an amazing job dr boyd did or just whether if you listen to episode 124 and just kind of moving on up let us know how anyone has done thus far uh, on the podcast with your five-star ratings are greatly appreciated especially if you're one of my apple podcast users but if you're not, again, please subscribe, please download, please tell a friend or a 10 uh, to, uh, you know, take a listen and, you know, get right on Physician right now. Like always, uh, get ready for another amazing episode with Dr. Barry. One of the sponsors for the Lunch and Learn Community Podcast is the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where you can find t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, stickers, and wristbands with the motto, Empower Yourself for Better Health. Remember, 50% of all proceeds will go to the 
Five Star Scholarship Foundation, where we give out college scholarships to deserving high school seniors across the country. Thus far, we have given out over 20 deserving scholarships to students across the country. So again, 50% of the proceeds will be uh, blessed to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation. And today you can get the coupon code LUNCH20. You can get 20% off your purchase and you support these high school students across the country. Again, the Lunch and Learn community store is at shop.drbayerpierre.com and the coupon code is LUNCH20. All right, Lunch and Learn community, you just heard another amazing introduction uh, from a guest who, you know, has, you know, rights uh, that, you know, a lot of people can't claim. Like she's actually a former classmate of mine's. Uh, so I'm definitely uh, excited to get her on and talk about a topic that we've been talking about for like almost like four or five weeks now, guys. Um, so I'm definitely uh, glad to, you know, get this person on because this is a person who I've been following, you know, very closely and been watching and kind of kind of seeing the, the, the growth uh, behind what she's been doing. And it's been interesting is because it's really been kind of centered on this topic at hand. Uh, Dr. Boyd, thank you for uh, coming on the Lunch and Learn podcast to talk to us. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. Much appreciated. Sure, sure. So, a question I ask, right? I always and I always ask my guests because what tends to happen is, you know, I, I give a little spiel in my introduction, and people fast forward. They want to go right to the the, the show. They want to go right to the meat of the the conversation. Um, so, I always ask, well, you know what? Like, tell us something about yourself that may that we may not necessarily know, because uh, like we're going to get into all your business, but you know, we may not know just about Doctor Boyd. Like, what? Who is Doctor Boyd? And you know, you know, why are you so amazing? Oh, well, uh, you know, I um, am just one of those people that I've, when I put my mind to something, I, I get it done. And uh, I wanted to go to med school. Uh, it took me a couple of years, but I got in and I decided I wanted to go ahead and start my family in med school. So I did. I had my kids in med school. I had one in residency. Uh, and so I'm just kind of one of those people that once I have a goal and I set it, I, I just, I get it done and I don't, I don't let anything uh, keep me from that. So, um, that's kind of a big part of who I am and, and that sort of thing. So. And I love that, especially because you, you kind of touched on, uh, on only a, a couple of topics that really hits home, especially for women in medicine. Uh, really one, the fact that you wanted to do it right. And no one was going to stop you from doing it. And two family, uh, because yeah. unfortunately, again, I, I understand I'm on the other side of this double standard. Uh, you know, that's sometimes frowned upon. Uh, just going into a career that you know you're going to be busy and then going into a, a career knowing that you're going to be busy and wanting to actually have a family, like an actual life. Like people think that it's actually a crazy <laughs> thing, which st still boggles my mind today. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go into medical school saying, okay, I'm going to have, you know, a family and do all this, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that, that hit me. And at some point, if you want a family, you, you have to figure out when that is. And sometimes you just don't know when the right time is. Uh, and so I've, I've, I've kind of counseled on, on this with students and residents and, and even attendings uh, now that they ask me, when do you start a family? And I, and I just tell them it's, it's when you're ready. It doesn't matter if it's before school, after school, during school. It's when you're you know, physically, mentally ready because then you'll make it happen. If, if you feel like you know, you're in the middle of, of medical school and, it, and it's time, then do it. You'll figure it out because that's your, that's what you want in your heart. So, um, but you're right. It is hard. Um, 
as a woman, just because we, well, physiologically, we're the ones that have to bear the children. That is what it is. You're right. Can't get around it. (laughs) If my husband (laughs) would do it, that would be great, but he can't. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a factor that, uh, Luckily, you know, women, we can do all sorts of things. So uh, we got to have the babies too. <laughs> yes, 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 you can. Yes, you can. Love it. Love it. So we, we, we're talking about a, a, a topic which is, you know, really obviously now, especially when you turn on TV, you, you, know, you go to a website, you, you read a blog, um, has become extremely uh, popular uh, in, in the discussion of physician burnout. And I, and I remember when I first started, you know, this kind of series of discussions, I figured it was just going to kind of be a one-off discussion, just kind of figure out what it is and then kind of go away. And, and I remember being you know, almost shocked at, at hearing just the level of death that it was really affecting so many different people and not just physicians, but residents and medical, like it, I was just so shocked. And that's, again, that's kind of why we kind of started a series because I really wanted to hear you know, you know, everyone's really opinion on, on the subject and matter. And, and of course, that's kind of obviously, because I, I know a little bit about you, um, but, you know, the, the, our lunch learning community may not. Um, it, talk, talk to us about your familiarity with just physician burnout in general. Like what, you know, what, when you hear those terms, what does that actually kind of mean to you? Yeah, I, um, well, I'll tell you, I hadn't really heard this term. Uh, I don't think I remember hearing it in medical school. Um, I don't, I didn't hear it in residency. Uh, and so uh, I, kind of just started learning about, I think maybe the same way you described, just through the grapevine here and there, you know, some, some articles come out and kind of mentioned some little, you know, brief couple paragraphs about burnout and, and it kind of piqued my interest because I, it resonated with me so much. I was like, that's how I feel. That's how I've been feeling probably since res. I mean, probably, I mean, medical school, yes, but I really felt like second year of residency, it really hit me. And I almost felt like, what did I do? I shouldn't have become a doctor. Like it got really bad just because I just felt spread so thin. I love medicine, but I just, I, it was hard to work those hours. It's hard to work 24 or 36 hours straight, come home, try to be a mom and a wife and just like try to be healthy. And I just, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. I mean, but I, I mean, I guess you just push through. I didn't know what else to do. I had to keep going. And so I started feeling that way, but I didn't really put a name to it. I never talked about it. I didn't tell my residency director. I didn't tell any of my other residents because I thought I was the only one. And I think that's the biggest problem. We all think we're the only ones that feel that way. And as physicians, we are so you know, afraid of messing up. We're so afraid of looking weak and we don't talk about it. And as, as kind of I've you know, matured and, and kind of grown in my specialty. And I've been in attending now, uh, for, um, five years. I luckily have kind of had some close friends who are also, you know, ER doctors. And we just, we kind of would start chatting and we would also feel the same way. And that connection that I made, just talking about my feelings helped. And so I just think getting the word out and talking about it and letting other doctors know, that it's not easy out there. We all feel this kind of burnout stress and um, it, it's helped. And that's kind of why I started just my Instagram page, honestly. It just was a way for me to connect, not just like locally, but I mean, uh, you know, across the nation and even like internationally. I mean, it's been amazing and it's, it's, it's been really great. So, And, and um, it's definitely an amazing uh, Instagram page and we will definitely make sure that gets highlighted <laughs> in the show notes because uh, I, I need people to follow you. 
for for a lot of different reasons and i'm definitely i'm gonna be i'm gonna spend the time a little bragging on you too towards the end so i just want to kind of let you know unless you're a little modest um i'm definitely gonna brag on you because it's definitely a uh, you're definitely a person that you know i really admire and i I like seeing uh you know do well and and do great things um especially with your message right like because i i know your message and like i said we you know, we were classmates and it's, it's definitely something, you know, that's always a sight for see when you're like, oh, I know that person. Oh. <laughs> and it's so funny because we were just talking about this before we started recording just the, the, the amount of, you know, busyness that we deal with in our life as a physician that we've, we've grown so accustomed to. Uh, and and I, don't, I guess that's what I'm not sure if it starts medical school, not sure if it gets hardened in residency uh, that we've grown so accustomed to that we don't even like it doesn't even like seem abnormal to us, right? And and, and you, I think you hit it right on the head. And I've and I've talked about this before in private previous shows that I think the biggest thing is that as physicians, right? Again, you know, we're we're so we're so bad at you know telling people like how we feel, especially our own colleagues. Like you know, if I write if I write a journal article, I'm I'm gonna tell every single person in the world, even if they don't ask me. Um, but when I'm not feeling well, right? When I'm not 100%, uh, when mm-hmm. I'm and, and not even physically, but even mentally, right? When I'm sad, mm-hmm. when I'm down, like for some reason, we keep all of that in, mm-hmm. and and just something that just continues to build and build and build until we really have no no outlet. Yeah. And 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 for for us, like my my wife, she's not in the medical field, uh, so it's very difficult, right, to have these conversations when you leave the job. Right. Because, yeah, I, I take for those who know I'm an internist uh, and, you know, during residency, even now, um, a lot of my a lot of my my days uh, usually may end up with someone not coming home. Right. Like and that's really not a conversation starter over dinner mm-hmm. right? like that. that Those are like those are thoughts and feelings that you kind of have to keep to yourself. So I, I definitely love that you hit home the fact that, you know, you were kind of going through, you know, what what you felt was like, wow, this is kind of you know, you know, overbearing, but you're kind of looking around and it's one of those things where like, wow, am I the only one feeling this? Because no one else yeah. is like right. verbalizing it. Right. And, and, I, and I think that's what, that's what sometimes do, does us a little injustice because uh, no one else internalizes it. So when we're, we're thinking, you know, am I the only one who's ever experienced this? Um, you know, am I weaker for experience this? Right. And, you know, and will someone look at me in a different light, if I you know, finally mm-hmm. say like, "Oh, hey, you know what? Like, I- I'm not feeling good either." Yep. And yeah. What, what's interesting, especially and the reason I I really kind of earmarked uh, this conversation and earmarked, you know, wanted to talk to you, especially as an ER physician, um, because we, especially and, and within our profession, we know when we look around the different specialties, and we talk about people kind of. You know, again, we didn't even know what it was, but I guess now we, we we deem it as burning out. When we look at like people saying, you know what, like I'm done, I'm I'm quitting, like, I'm I'm out of here. Um, you know, ER uh, emergency medicine has always been one of those, you know, those the top related physicians. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. physicians uh, associated with that feeling. Um, yep. Now, is that something that you know? Again, especially because you didn't know about it before, but like, is that is that something you may have thought about? Is that something? you know, even going into emergency medicine, like, cause I always ask my, my physician's colleagues, like, why'd you go into the specialty you went into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I didn't know, um, emergency medicine was, has one of the highest burnout rates going into it. Um, I mean, I went into it legitimately because I, I enjoyed 
the um, action. I love seeing a little bit of everything. I can see kids. I see OB. I see geriatrics and cardiology. I see everything, a little bit about everything, and I love that. I love being able to use my hands and do procedures. I love being able to make a difference you know, acutely right away. Somebody walks in and I can do something for them. And I love that. And I love being in the hospital um, setting. So, uh, you know, I went into it thinking, wow, this is a great career for me. It fits me. I like to do shifts. So I go in, work 14 shifts a month or so, maybe a little more. I come home. I'm not on call. Perfect. Love it. But, um, you know, again, as, as time has gone on, the, I think the stressors in the emergency department, I, I just, I didn't really consider, so I just didn't know. Again, nobody really talks about it. So, you know, it wasn't like I was interviewing and everybody's like, oh, by the way, you'll, you know, 65% of your colleagues are going <laughs> to, you know, stop working because they hate it. You know, nobody really nope, said that nope, to not me. At, not at all. Not so, at all. you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I've got to be the only one. Everybody must love this, you know. And, um, but we see, you know, the emergency department sees probably people on their absolute worst day, you know, I mean, people are coming in, you know, people are dying. I mean, we see people who are extremely sick. Uh, We see people who don't have insurance. And so they, they may, you know, have a lot of problems that I can't fix. So I can't Mm -hmm. fix a lot of issues. And so uh, there's a lot of stressors from administration that I cannot control, but I have extreme stresses to see patients fast, get them out of the emergency department fast with not many resources, not many nurses. And so there's a lot of pressures that I had no idea I was going to have to face, you know, in a perfect world, if I can go in and help every single person that had a true emergency, that'd be great. Um, probably you know, 10 to 20% I often of what I can hear that a lot too about, yeah. um, you know, that the, 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 the stressors that, you know, not that sometimes aren't even in the clinical aspect right. on, on my right. emergency medicine uh, physicians, but like the social aspect, the administrative yes. aspect, like all of these, yeah. like kind of hitting you from this, like you, like you are, yeah. you're, you, you can hit, hit hard, hit face on the, the medical and the clinical, but you're yeah. like, whoa, like I didn't expect this to hit yeah. me. I didn't expect I, that yeah. to hit me. Yeah. And they kind of like kind of steamrolled. It's, it's so true. You know, I'm still, I still love medicine. I remember I, I love learning it and I like medicine of, of emergency medicine. It's just, there's so many more aspects to it. I just didn't know. I mean, just either, even if it's just irate patients or irate consultants or people yelling at me or, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, administration saying you're not seeing patients fast enough when I'm seeing them absolutely as fast as I can, but they don't give me C- extra CT scanners. They don't give me nurses. They don't give me beds to move patients into. So, you know, yeah, those are all things that have nothing to do with true medicine but that's what probably frustrates me the most, and um, and it's it, it may not sound hard, but it but it really it really is. It takes away some of the joy of of helping people. So you know, um, and again, and sometimes, and I think part of it you don't have a lot of control over. You know, it's my job. You know, I can't really quit my job. So, and most emergency um, jobs are kind of have the same same thing everywhere, no matter where you go. So. Sometimes you feel a little stuck. And I think when you lose a little bit of that control failing over, you know, your your career, I guess, or, oh, yeah. or whatever, uh, that can make you also feel a little burnt out. If you, you, you kind of lose a little autonomy, I think doctors love autonomy. We like just doing what we think is best and doing what's best for the patients. But uh, if that gets taken away from us or we don't feel like we can do that, it makes it tough. 
you know, what's, what's so interesting is that when, because we, we've talked to medical students, we've even, we've even talked to an ER resident uh, and they, you, you can tell they don't, they're not saying it, but like a lot of their thought process really kind of delves in the fact that they're, they're, they're losing a bit of the control uh, that, that they thought would have um, mm-hmm. as they move along uh, their mm-hmm. career. And and I and I'm a I'm a hospitalist. Uh, for those who know, I work in a hospital setting. So mm-hmm. if, if, and when when she talks about time, uh, you you okay. best believe uh, you're in the, there too. <laughs> the, the second the second I press admission, someone is clocking me and is saying, "When is this person yep. leaving the hospital?" Yep. Like 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 and and again, it is such a frustrating thing because you want to help those in front of you, but there's so many different roadblocks ahead of that quote unquote discharge time. Uh, that mm-hmm. that that stand in your way that for some reason uh, we seem to be the only ones who like you know can come to grips with it. And, yeah. and unfortunately, because we're the face uh, of healthcare, because that's what unfortunately physicians are, um, or fortunately, depending on where, where you uh, where you lean, uh, we have to deal with the the brunt of you know the the angry and the, the upset mm-hmm. and and, and the, the bad 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 publicity that's kind of associated yeah. with it. Which sure. is def- definitely, you know, uh, something that, you know, beats you up uh, time and time again. And just kind of just kind of adds on, uh, you know, to, to the level of stressors that, again, that that just if you were just doing clinical medicine, you're going to have stressors in and of itself. Uh, sure. But when you add all of these extra things on here, uh, you know, that just like, you know, unfortunately takes the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, now I got to ask, of course, obviously, kind of being in this position um, as an attending physician now, uh, because uh, it's funny because these my medical students and my residents kind of want to know, right? They want to know, mm-hmm. well, hey, Doctor Boyd, uh, does it get does it get better, right? Does it get better <laughs> once, like, because again, I think a lot of us be, because we kind of do this rite of passage thing, which is you know medical school and residency. Uh, uh, there are a lot of people who think that this is just what you're supposed to go through, mm-hmm. and they think once you hit you know the promised land of the attending. Uh, that it gets so much better. Yeah. I will tell you when I, my first year out of residency was probably one of the most depressing years, honestly, because Mm. I did not expect, I expected to hit, you know, the pinnacle of my career and it was going to be unicorns and rainbows and just, you know, amazing, just, I'm going to get paid so much money and I'm just going to make all decisions and it's going to be great. And when I became an attending and realized that it's not, it's, it's kind of a lot of the same, to be honest with you. I mean, a lot of the same. I mean, you still stress out about, you know, making the right diagnosis like you did in residency and worrying Mm -hmm. about, you know, not missing something and making sure you're still the smart doctor. You still worry about that. And then in addition, you're like all the other stressors I just talked about kind of come more into play as an attending. Cause you don't, you don't, you kind of learn about it in residency, but I felt like it definitely comes into play more when you get a real job. And I, and then on top of it, I didn't have anything else to really work towards. So, you know, as, as when you become a doctor, you're working for 11 to 12 years, whatever it is. Um, on this like climb to this pinnacle of being a doctor and board certified, whatever you are. And once you hit it, you don't have anything else to like climb to. You're like, I feel like that was kind of a coping back. Like, I could just keep working towards the next goal. Didn't really think about how I was feeling. And until I just stopped and have anything else to really work towards, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, like what else, 
okay, so what else do I do now? Kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I kind of had wow. a thought. You're hitting it. Like, lunch learning community, you can't see me shaking my head, but like, I'm just like, oh, she's hitting it. Yeah, you, you kind of almost have to find yourself. You're like, well, what, what are my hobbies? What do I like to do? I mean, I'm just so used to like 12 years of my life or whatever it is, I don't know, 11 years of this constant, pure, 100% stress. And then you're attending in, you know, you still have the same stressors, but it's different. And you still feel like you don't know who you are, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. That's how I felt. So what's interesting. I love that because as a, cause when you're going through that climb and it's funny cause you, you mentioned like, what are my hobbies? But like a lot of times we don't even get time to do that when we're right. a student <laughs> and a resident. So for a lot of us, we really have kind of neglected, you know, mm-hmm. the, the things outside of, of, of medicine uh, because mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of had to, yeah. we, we, we kind of had to like say, all right, I got to, I got to pull all these eggs in this basket real quick and mm-hmm. take care of my business here uh, so I can get to that, you know, that promised land of the mountain. And then you get to that promised land of the mountain, you're like, whoa, this is yeah. it. <laughs> oh, this is what I've been working so hard for all these years. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, very. Yeah, no. And, and, and in the learning community, I tell you, this is, a, this is a, such a common, you know, feeling and thought amongst a lot of physicians. And I think what's happening now, what you're seeing now is that, you know, we're being much more open, right? Mm-hmm. We're being much more like forthright and, and not kind of keep it. We're not, we're not keeping it as a best kept secret anymore. Right. Um, we're saying like, and again, you know, none of us are saying we don't like medicine. Like, and if you, I sure. think if you, you hear that, we all love medicine. Uh, it's all of these extra things uh, that have kind of infiltrated and been placed upon and been forced upon. Uh, us uh, during the process uh, that's kind of soured uh, the taste. And when we do get, now we, we're at the top of the echelon and people are looking at us and they, they don't understand why we're not all golfing every weekend and like, yeah. <laughs> like just swimming in money and stuff, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. what? No, it's not like that, you know, it's just, it's not, but I mean, yeah. And I don't mean to sound like it's totally like the worst. It's just, oh, sure, sure. it's done. just so nice just to, just to, just to say, and so many other people feel that way, but I just, I had no, I just didn't know. Nobody ever really talked to me about it. Oh no, definitely, definitely not. And I think it's, uh, you know, as a, I I do academic medicine and, and I'm, I'm even starting to tell my residents now, like, Hey, like, I know you think once you graduate, you know, it's all going to be, you know, I I know you think money is going to be like the, the, the go-getter and it's going to make everything happy, but I I promise (laughs) you, uh, you know, if, if you're not, you know, finding that, that, that outlet now, if you're not mm-hmm. finding, you know, you know, the, the benefit of the why now of why you're doing this, um, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be very, you're going to be very sad. And right. When they offer you crazy money and you're, you're still wondering why you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now was there, was there any things like, especially when you're, especially as a, as a first year attending, you're fresh out and, and then you're feeling all of these feelings. Was there, was there, what, what was there to help? Like, what did you do to kind of like deal with, uh, the, the the stressors and the feelings that you were you were experiencing. Yeah. Um, so I actually sought out um, just like therapy. I mm-hmm. just um, started going to like a weekly therapist, and it was probably one of the best decisions I I ever did because it was it was a third party person. It wasn't like my husband because after a while, sometimes your partner sometimes it's hard to just dish on them all the time, all yeah. the kind of the negativity. So you just so. 
focusing on just my mental health because um, I was depressed. I mean, I, I, I had clinical depression. I had anxiety um, that I didn't realize that I had because you don't have I didn't have time to even think about it, mm-hmm. honestly, because you, and you're just too busy. You're too busy to even think about how, how depressed and anxious you are. And uh, so, but um, I, I focused on me and I, 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 which I hadn't done in, in years. And so um, that was the best thing I had really done, just working on my mental health. Because I think that's where a lot of this is, right? A lot of this is mental. Yeah, you're physically mm-hmm. tired, but I think mentally you're exhausted. And the pressures of being a doctor, you know, you, the pressure of keeping people alive, the pressure of you can't miss a diagnosis, the pressure of, I mean, it, it's, it takes a huge toll on you mentally, I think, and all the training that we do. And um, so that's just one thing I would recommend highly to, to anybody in the medical field is really take a look into, into your mental health, because I think having somebody just to talk to you about and learning. I didn't even know I was depressed until somebody told me. Somebody told you, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah no, you're, you're, you're 100% right. Like, it was doctor, worse, you know, we, we read know, the books, you know? like we read the books, we know the signs, yeah. uh, but we're like, um, no, that's not me. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's exactly awesome. what happens. Um, and, and, and I love that you, you said, you know what? I had to focus on me. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's a big thing too. Again, and again, is and it is, of course, it may sound crazy that people are like, no, no, doctors are so centered. No, no. Like we're probably like one of the most selfless people. And we probably, yeah. again, especially as a, I, I did primary care medicine before I did hospital medicine. And I know for a fact, like doctors are like the worst patients. They won't come for their wellness. They won't do their blow. They won't, they're, just, they're so terrible. Yeah. And the reason being not because they're purposely doing it is because they want to take care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And because they're taking care of everybody else, uh, they usually neglect themselves for later. And, and w- what I love is that, uh, especially, especially, and I've, and I've joked about this before, um, as a physician, like we're one of the only fields uh, that has to be right 100% of the time. Yeah. So think about that. And then think about an emergency medicine physician, one of the fields, specialties that not only has to be right 100% of the time, but you have to do it much quicker than me. <laughs> like me at least i get some time i can send some labs out i can order a test i can kind of wait for some things to happen you guys may have like you know 10 minutes five minutes you, it, it, like your decision making has to be so quick and, and, and it happens rapid fire and again remember we, we still talk about this clock right that you know the, the administrators and everything like they're, they're still pushing this clock and they want you to kind of rev up faster and faster and faster so just imagine that level of stress uh, like I said, when you when you go to McDonald's, right, and they mess up your order, uh, you know what? No, no one no one gets fired. For, for right. <laughs> yeah. But if, but if we miss a diagnosis, right, Grandma doesn't come home, right? If we miss a diagnosis, you may not see your mama's dad. Like that's that's the level of stress uh, that physicians, especially emergency medicine physicians, like I said, that's why I love you, uh, because that's the level of stress you got to deal with. So I, that's why I always commend uh, my emergency medicine folks because I I know. I know, yeah. I know it's rough out there. Yeah. Yeah. You're and you're, you're absolutely right because you know, we, I think you're right. Physicians are, are very selfless and we spend our whole, you know, every single day we're at work, we're caring for every single patient, you know, and I, and I think majority of us do, we put our, our, our mind, our focus, our energy into our patients. So we don't miss something. And then you've got to try to come home and then whether you have a family or not, you, you, 
got to put your time and energy into into your family. So it's just hard to, you, you know, you have to, in order to be a good doctor and what I've taken time to learn is you have to figure out what fills your cup, what makes you feel strong, what makes you feel whole, because you can only give so much to your patients in, unless you fill up, you know, your yourself, I guess, you know? Um, and that's how I feel like I can make the right diagnosis. Cause even, even on the days that I've worked, like, let's say seven days in a row, I've seen probably, you know, sometimes 30 to 40 patients a day, emergency situations. I might miss something just because I'm, I'm just tired and I Mm -hmm. might miss something for that. So if I don't take time, I can't do that to myself because then I will miss something, you know? So, um, yeah, but very true. Very true. Like, and, and they're not exaggerating when they say, again, I, as a hospitalist, um, you know, if I, if there's a, sometimes we have bad days where I may have to see like 25 to 30. Uh, but this isn't, they're seeing that many patients every single day. Right. Yeah. So again, again, and again, like I said, that's why I, I, you know, I really wanted to make sure that we, we, we like had a conversation with an ER physician, uh, because I know, uh, you guys get beat up way more often and at a much more frequent pace uh, than others uh, in, in other fields, right? So that's why I wanted to make sure, like, no, if we're going to talk about burnout, we definitely have to be talking to because <laughs> I know they're the ones kind of going through it. What what I would say, especially now, right? Especially because we're 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 about five years out from an, from from our attending status, right? Like, if you if you had to look back and say, like, hey guys, like like the feelings you're experiencing are true are real they're burnout this is what i went through but th- these are some tips right maybe not ways to like prevent it cuz you know mm-hmm. i've i've argued whether there's a way to prevent it um but these are some tips that i would maybe give that kind of help steer the ship a way to kind of help you out what what would you give to someone especially let's say especially doc, dr smith she's a she's a er mm-hmm. resident i think she's a third year yeah. and she's listening and she wants to know like Talk to boy, like what? what? <laughs> yeah. How, how, how do I navigate what I know is coming to me? Um, a couple things that that I've starting to tr- at least try to do is if if you can work less, you should do it. I think again, as physicians, we want to do 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 and help out our colleagues and help out here and there. But if you financially or or whatever can work less, you should you should not work the maximum amount to make yourself crazy. So I've, I've, I told uh, my, um, my director, I said, I've got to work less. Just even if it's two shifts less a month, it makes a huge difference. Just having some time off away from your job is, is crucial. You've got to have time to decompress. Just one, one day off in between shifts isn't, isn't going to cut it. You need, you need much more time to decompress. And that is kind of the pet perk of emergency medicine is we do. We, you know, we, 14 days a month maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but um, some people work in 18 days a month or, mm-hmm. or whatever. You don't get enough time in between those, those heavy days. Um, just say no to uh, extracurriculars if you can. So if you don't really want to do something, you just say no and don't do it. Whether it's a committee of some sort, <laughs> even if it's just your friend wants to go out to dinner, like just saying no and saying, you know, what, I don't really want to do that. If you don't want to, if you want to, great. But if, if you just not going to fulfill you and fill your cup and make you happy, don't do it. Um, 
just find things that make you that make you feel happy. Honestly, like the Instagram page, I'm bringing that up again, and again, it may seem silly, but it it kind of makes me happy. It gives me it's kind of a hobby. It, it gives me it gets me connected with people, which I really enjoy doing. It's open doors to you know talking with some of the medical students in the area and other. I've I've, I've found some more uh, female physician friends. We have a group now. We've started through social media, so. I found something that kind of I like doing. Um, so finding things that you like, whether it's traveling, working out, whatever. But um, those are those are some some big tips. And then I mean, I've already mentioned my mental health. I mean, mm-hmm. I still try to go to therapy. I make sure mentally I'm in the right space. Um, my mental health is very important, and it should be for for all of us physicians. So everybody, and that's and uh, of course, and obviously, I may be biased, right? Because my wife is a mental health counselor, right? Oh, but she, like, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she, 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 so she stresses, and she, she jokes all the time that uh, we physicians are so terrible uh, when it comes to taking care of our mental health. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, I've, oh, I've been a, a champion of talking, talking, talking to someone, uh, getting those feelings out. Uh, yeah. and, and again, again, it's, it's because again, we, 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 I wish I could say every time I go to work, uh, it's a great day. It's not, uh, right. I wish I could say every time I go to work, uh, the person who I was able to admit is able to walk out the hospital. It does not happen. Right. And, and, and a normal person shouldn't be able to deal, uh, with the level of mortality, right. That physicians, especially those who work in a hospital setting have to deal with. Right. So if, if and if, if you know that's what you're going to, you got to be able to, like, get your mental on correctly, because it's, it doesn't matter how smart you are. If your mental isn't where it needs to be, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be lost and your patients are going to be lost. Right. And the patients will always be the loser um, when you're not at your tip top shape. So I, I love those love those tips, because I, I think it's it, there's not it's not even specialty specific. It's really like like, hey, you need to, like, find out what you do well and do you. And sometimes yeah. you got to do you alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've, and again, this is kind of on topic, but, you know, ph- you know, physician depression, physician suicide, I mean, it's, it's higher than the general population. And, mm-hmm. and again, this is not talked about. It's taboo. It's, you know, physicians are, are medicating many times with drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. And it's just not, it's not healthy. And we, we're losing physicians um, from this mental from our mental health because we don't take care of it. Yep. And um, so I just, I just like to stress that because it, it's, it's helped me so much. And I know, I, I think part of that could be related to the burnout because we don't take time for it. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to kind of add that. that yeah, no, I, 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 honestly, I, I was probably going to end that because I, I think that's, and that really, I think that's where I'm hoping this conversation of burnout uh, like eventually leads us. Cause like now mm-hmm. it's very popular to talk about physician burnout, moral injury, you know, all those things under the sun. Um, but you know, we, we don't really talk about that suicide aspect yet. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we comes down really to it, right? It, we don't yeah. really make it the, the hotbed we should, uh, when it's, yeah. when it's, and, and again, and what's worse is we're, we're looking back just like when we're looking at this physician burnout thing, this isn't, these are physicians who been out 15, 20 years and they're like, poop, right. they're tired. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. These are, these are, these are resident physicians who are just getting out of practice who mm-hmm. maybe less than 10 years. These are resident physicians who are still in residency. Mm-hmm. These are medical students who are still doing medical student stuff and they're committing suicide. Yep. And, and that's, yeah. that's, a very, that's a very scary topic. Yeah. Um, 
But, but if you don't address, right, if you don't address it, right, if you don't even like mention, it's like Voldemort out here. Like if you don't even, yeah. <laughs> right, like that's, that's where the problem is. So I love that you touched it because I really, I, I really think I'm, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this is where we eventually go. Like we start saying yeah. like, physician suicide, physician suicide, physician suicide, just as much as we're casually saying physician burnout. Yep. Like I think there's yeah. like ICD ICD ten code now for physician burnout. Like that's how oh, common <laughs> that we're, yeah, we're making wow. physician burnout. So we, yeah. we have to understand like no, this it, it's leading it's leading to a place that we need to be able to talk about like right now, right mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. right before our physician colleagues get there. Yep, agreed. So before I let you go, right, I, I got to brag on you, mm-hmm. right? So we again classmates. Shout out to Nova Southeastern. That's right. Go Sharks. <laughs> now, as a as a person who's been doing social media for, you know, since probably since medical school, I think kind of, yeah, I've, been, I've kind of always been enamored with social media. And to the point I remember I used to, you know, get called in the office and, you know, make sure, hey, Barry, make sure you don't do nothing crazy on HIPAA. Right? <laughs> HIPAA, HIPAA was always a big thing. Um, <laughs> but but when I, I remember, I remember you joining I remember you joining uh, Instagram, Instagram specifically. In fact, first, first, let's tell the lunch learning community how, how can they find you. Where, what's, what's your Instagram tag? Oh, um, it's at er doc mom. Uh, it's er period doc period mom. All right, and remember, remember lunch learning that will be in the the show notes, and you definitely need to follow her. Like as as you're listening to me, go ahead and go follow her. <laughs> Thank and, you. And I remember when you first joined, and I remember watching a, a video. I remember watching a video of yours. And you were just saying like, like, hey guys, I'm just here because I just want somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember being so like, uh, so enamored with that because it was one, it was one of the first times, but not, but it was one of the first times like I could see like, oh wow, this is a person who's really open, right? Mm-hmm. And, and really open with what's going on, and, and okay with being open. Like I think, and I think social media gets such a bad rap, right? Um, where especially especially in our healthcare field, like it's getting better for sure, definitely getting better. Especially when I see what medical students are doing now, um, compared to what we used to do when we were medical students. So it's definitely <laughs> getting better. Uh, but when when I see now, you're like, you know, no, I'm I'm here. I have this page. I'm gonna be talking. Hope you follow me. And I was like, yes, <laughs> like, I'm gonna. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm following. I'm I'm definitely following because I got I got to see. And it's been such an amazing. Um, uh, it's, it's been such an amazing treat just to kind of see your journey. Now, was Instagram something that you was it was it just one of the platforms you happen to like, or was was there a reason why you chose Instagram and like as a, like a primary source? Um, I think um, I mean I've always enjoyed just the, the 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 format of Instagram, and I kind of in my back of my mind I wanted to maybe do some sort of blog sort of thing, but trying to make a website and everything just kind of seemed kind of annoying. So one of my friends was like, why don't you just do it on Instagram? Just kind of do like a mini, what like a mini blog, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And, uh, I just found it easy, uh, to do just, just, just started doing. And, um, so I just, I just, the format just seems to, to work well. And I didn't really know there was actually, there's actually a lot of physicians on Instagram that I had no oh, yes. idea. Uh, so there's a great community there for advice on all, all sorts of, um, um, topics. And so, yeah, I, I just, I just found Instagram just to be easy to use user-friendly. I like the pictures and just, I can make a, a post and just kind of talk about whatever I want. And it's, it's pretty cool. So. And what I love is that not only do you do that, um, but you also take the time to educate as well. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you also take the time to say, Hey, this is who I am. 
Uh, but hey, by the way, you know what? Let me do some education right here. And I, yeah. I, again, as, I've, I, as, as a person who does some blogging, does some podcasting, does some videoing, like a person who does all of these things, I just love that when I see people, especially my physician colleagues, because I'd I be begging. I'd be I, like, you don't know how many times I had to beg some of my physician colleagues, like, please just open up one of these like accounts. Like, I, we need you out here. Um, yeah. Uh, and we, we could probably talk about this all day because I'm not, I'm not going to keep you on. Uh, just the misinformation that's out there. Like I need people yeah. like Dr. Boyd to say like, no, this is what emergency medicine is, guys. Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. what you read. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like stop reading what you're reading. Don't read. Yeah. Like, get off studentdoctor.net. Like this is what yeah. emergency medicine is. And I just love that. And like I said, that's why I, I, I highlight, I, I make sure like you're even on my notifications. So I always know when you're, when you post, oh, I'm like, oh, boom, yeah. all right. Double tap. Because I, so, I need, because I want to know, like, oh, what's she teaching us today? Uh, so yeah. I just wanted to, you know, take the time and highlight you and thank you for thank you. Um, all that you're doing uh, on this, the, on the app and really all that you're doing for people that you may not even realize you're doing it for. Um, and I know you said you've been connecting with a lot of people, but there's a lot of people who may not like press that DM, but they're following you and they're, they're saying like, yes, I love what Dr. Boy is doing. And I, I'm, I'm just glad she's doing it and I'm going to keep moving along. So we, I just want to take the time and say your efforts and, you know, highlighting your struggle um, is definitely, uh, you know, appreciated, especially from one physician to another. Well, thank you. That's, I, I'm very honored that you, you said that. Thank you so much. And, and before, so you're on Instagram, are you on any other social media platforms or Instagram? Um, the main I, one? I'm on, I'm on Facebook too. It's the same thing at ARDocMom. You can find me, find me there too. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Last, last but not least, uh, you know, what is how, and I always ask my guests this, like, how is what you're doing helping to empower others uh, to take better control in themselves, especially, especially us physicians? Oh, I mean, building a community on social media where we're open and we're not afraid to, to tell you how it really is, has been extremely powerful. I mean, I've been just the connection I've made with students, pre-med students, regular students, resident. I mean, it's been, it's been invaluable um, to me and I, and I think also to them. Just, just being open and honest, not afraid to tell people that I suck today. I missed a diagnosis. I'm tired. I don't feel like doing it. I'm mean, just, just being so open and real with people on a, a big social media platform like Instagram. It's it's just, it's building a great community that I'm, I'm really proud of. And um, I hope it continues because it's, it's great. I wish I had, I wish I had this when I was going through school and training. Oh, yeah. like, and, and, and that's where I really want to, you know, hit home the point. Like there are people who are watching you who are feeling these same thoughts, but like are jumping for joy because now they know they're not alone. So yep. and Dr. Boyd, thank you for, thank you. Uh, you know, really helping us enlighten uh, the literary community, especially from in the eyes of a, of emergency room physician uh, who I know takes takes the hits left and right, and mm-hmm. uh, still still for some reason keeps going back to work because you love what you do. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, still do, and we appreciate y'all hospitalists because I know we we beat y'all up to you a lot of times. So oh yeah, we oh, appreciate yeah. you guys. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't do my job without without my wonderful hospitalists. So I thank you. It. Yeah, I, I you know I, I call it the transition of care. Like, thank you for That's allowing right. me to be a part <laughs> of this patient's care. I, yes, I appreciate. Yes. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Boyd, thank you. And you have a great day. Like I said, appreciate all that you do and uh, all that you do for here on the Lunch Learn community. All right, great. Well, thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of the Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry, and this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today. If you have not had a chance, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening. If you already listen and you've already subscribed, make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is. And if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes, always head over to lunchlearnpod.com. That is lunch learn pod all in one word dot com and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode but especially the one you just listened to and i'm gonna see you guys next week you guys be blessed bye